Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 86. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Happy New Year. We back. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 86 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James, and we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying Happy New Year! 2022 is here. Uh, 2021 was good and bad, and I'm ready for all the new things that the new year has for us. I don't know what's going to happen. A lot of shit has already happened. I'm very excited for 2022. I hope everyone out there had a safe holiday and a happy and safe new year. I want to start the show with that today. I also want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all of the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there busting their ass battling this COVID still. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website. BronxBiasPod.MyShopify.com, B-R-O-N-X-B-I-A-S-P-O-D.M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com, BronxBiasPod.MyShopify.com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me on there. I've got hoodies. 
I've got t-shirts, I've got tote bags, I've got COVID masks, and I've got stickers with much, much, much more to come. Once again, for the millionth time, I am an independent potter from the BXNY, and so supporting the merchandise is just one of the best ways, along with listening to the show, of course, um, to support the podcast, um, to help it keep going the way that it does. You know, I'm independent, so no sponsorships, no deals as of yet. So supporting the merch is just one of the best ways, guys, for to help support the show, keep it going the way that it does. Um, and I sincerely, truly, truly, truly appreciate every single person who has gone on and purchased some merchandise from me. So if you're a fan of the show, you like listening to it, you think I'm entertaining or whatever, help a brother out, go on the site, get yourself some merch. Uh, and it will be truly, truly appreciated. And with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, great, great show today. Fully, fully, fully packed. And I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. And I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song by an amazing artist, and it is called Turn My Swag On by Soldier Boy off of the album I, Soldier Boy, Tell Him. And man, that's just a great way to start the year, man. I got out the bed. I had to turn my swag on just to do my show. I had to turn my swag on to, to manage my merch site. I had to turn my swag on to do all the other things that it takes to run a podcast, to do this shit. And that's the that's the mantra I got for 2022. That's why I played the song today. That's that's my mantra for the whole year. When I hop up out the bed, I turn my swag on. I got to do whatever I got to do, whatever I got to handle. I hop up out the bed. I turned my swag on. I took a look in the mirror and I said, what's up? You know what I'm saying? So I was like, that is the perfect song for 2022 for me, at least. And that's how I'm opening my first show of the year. That's how I'm feeling. That's the vibe I'm on. So it was perfect. It was nothing better for me to play to, to just get that feeling other than Soldier Boy. Shout out to Soldier Boy, man. Great artist. Great businessman. Amazing follow on Twitter. And he will let you know that he is the dude. Like, at any point, like, he will scream on a nigga just to let them know what time it is. So, perfect song for me to start the year off with. Shout out to the god, Young Draco, a.k.a. Soldier Boy. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. And it is called Bronx Facts. <laughs> For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, Without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is Drew Gardens is a two-acre site in the West Farm section of the Bronx on the Bronx River. Formerly a dumping site, the garden, named after activist and founder Drew Hyde, has been in operation since the mid-1990s. In addition to being a peaceful refuge for the community, the garden has become a living classroom for students of all ages to study the Bronx River to also study the urban forest, 
pollinator gardening, and the interdependency of plants and animals in these habitats. For more information on Drew Gardens or to see how you can visit, you can visit them at their website, bronxriver.org. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 86. Yes. Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, all right. We're getting right to the shits today. You know, we've only been in 2022 for two weeks, or at least two weeks as of when I'm recording today's episode. And there has already been so many stories, so many things, so many, you know, uh, occurrences in this two-week period of 2022, like, I know there's not even going to be enough time in this podcast for me to cover all the things that have happened since I've been gone. But of course, we have to start with the most incredible, I suppose, or most bizarre of these stories that have happened in 2022. That is, of course, with us discussing Antonio Brown. But what you do, 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 do. Hey, here we go. <laughs> Antonio Brown, since I would say 2000 and let's say maybe 17 has been a person who is always in the news for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. I'm a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, huge. And Antonio Brown is one of the greatest wide receivers in the current game. We could even put his stats up and say he's a, a, a one of the best receivers of all time, right, if you're just going based off the numbers. But he has always had problems with the things that ha- what, that come with, I should say, the game. The fame, the attention, you know, the ego, um, all those other things that come along with being a superstar athlete. He clearly has problems dealing with those things that don't involve football. And after his release from the Steelers, um, due to problems with Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback, and Mike Tomlin, the coach in the front office... He made his way to the Oakland Raiders. They were still Oakland at the time. And then he had a series of problems in Oakland with the former coach John Gruden and the GM Mike Mayock, which led to him going to the New England Patriots for one game, then being shortly out of the league, and then back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, culminating with them with him winning the Super Bowl last year. And I sort of thought, you know, Brady stuck his neck out for him. That's his guy. He riding for him. I really didn't think that we would have any more Antonio Brown issues. You know, I was still kind of bummed that he left the Steelers. He was such a great player. You know, such he still is, actually. still is a very good wide receiver. At When he was with the Steelers, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. And, you know, I thought, you know, winning the Super Bowl, having Brady stick his neck out for you, you know what I'm saying? Like, being in that environment, I think Brady was like, a story came out, like Brady was letting him live in his house. Like, I'm just thinking, like, okay, the Antonio Brown shenanigans is over because he's got a good thing going with Brady. And I think as long as Brady's in the league, which he's 44 playing some amazing football, who knows when he's really going to retire. I I thought if Brady is still in the league and Antonio Brown's with Brady, there's going to be no problems. And there's going to be hella, like, efficient football. He's going to get back to his Pittsburgh Steelers level of play. But then things took a bizarre turn. I'm going to read you an article from ESPN that was written on January the 2nd, 2022. This article sort of chronicled what happened during a football game where Antonio Brown left the field and the fallout afterwards. The headline reads, 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Bruce Arian says Antonio Brown is no longer a buck after wide receiver rips off equipment and runs off the field during the third quarter. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown erupted in frustration on the visitor's sideline at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, leaving the field in the third quarter with coach Bruce Arians proclaiming after the game that he is no longer a member of the team. Quote, he is no longer a buck. Arians said after the Buccaneers 28-24 victory over the New York Jets. That's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. When asked for more details on what led to Brown's departure, Arians said, I'm not talking about him. He is no longer a part of the Bucks." A source told ESPN that Brown was not benched. Quote, he quit, the source said. Brown did not fly home on the team charter, according to another source. Teammates Mike Evans and O.J. Howard attempted to calm down Brown, who took off his jersey, pads, and undershirt, throwing his shirt and gloves into the stands. He then dashed across the end zone while both teams were still on the field and waved to fans as he went into the locker room. MetLife Security told ESPN that at first they thought Brown was a fan who left onto the field. Quote, we thought he was a jumper, one security officer said, adding that Brown went through the tunnel and asked the state troopers for a ride to the airport, but they told him no. Quote, he was shirtless and did not have his wallet, the security officer said adding that Brown changed in the locker room and was able to get alternate transport to the airport. Arians told Fox Sports after the game that he was trying to get Brown to go into the game, and Brown refused twice, as Arians told him to get out. Arians added to Fox Sports regarding Brown taking off his equipment, I've never seen any like anything like that in all my years. Arians added to ESPN that he did not know why Brown did not want to go in. When asked if Brown's ankle may have played a role in his refusal to play, he was officially questionable for the game due to the injury. Arians said no. Brady called it a difficult situation with Brown. He was not notified of Brown's dismissal until after the game. It's also the latest misstep for Brown. Last week, he returned to the Bucks after a three-game suspension by the NFL for turning in a fake vaccination card. He caught... 10 passes for 101 receiving yards and accused the media of creating drama. Quote, we all care about him deeply. We all love him. We want to see him at his best. Unfortunately, it won't be with our team, Brady said, adding that he will continue his friendship with Brown and that he would encourage those around him to help him. I think everyone should be very compassionate and empathetic towards some very difficult things that are happening, Brady said. In an old episode of mine, I believe it was episode number 75, I was talking about R. Kelly. And at the time, R. Kelly had just been convicted uh, for his long history of sexual abuse um, and a sexual assault uh, for over the course of, let's say, 20 to 25 years. He finally had to pay the piper, so to speak, for his transgressions. And one of the points I was trying to make in that episode was when you have proven yourself to be or when you are an immensely talented person um, or uh, just a immense men- money maker, a cash cow or just somebody extremely marketable or, you know, who has a lot of pull, there is a level of rope or there's just a level of shit that we will put up with because you're so talented. Right. Even let's not use R. Kelly. Let's use a guy like. Let's say Gordon Ramsay, right? One of the best chefs in the world. One of his biggest things is that he's a screamer. Like he'll yell at you. 
he'll curse at you. If you make a mistake in the kitchen, you know, he'll demean you and say really nasty things to you. But the reason why he's been able to have all these TV shows where he does exactly that is one, the TV shows do extremely well. And two, he makes great food. He's an amazing chef. So we accept his sort of volatile behavior to other chefs, even though we wouldn't acknowledge that that's not really really the right way to treat your staff. But we accept that and we continue to watch his shows because the shit he makes is really good. We just give him that level of freedom in that in that area because of what he produces. Right. Antonio Brown is sort of in that same vein. Again, he, he hasn't done anything like R. Kelly has done. I'm not trying to compare him to R. Kelly, but I'm saying that he has been given repeated chances and numerous opportunities because he is so good at his sport. And as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, which I am, I fully have uh, seen firsthand the level of special talent that this man possesses. Antonio Brown was drafted, I believe, in 2010. From 2013 to 2018, he was one of the best wide receivers in football. And that is when Odell was still healthy with the Giants. That is when Julio Jones was killing it with Atlanta. That is when Calvin Johnson had just came off the record-setting season of uh, 1,964 receiving yards. Antonio Brown was a legitimate, had a legitimate claim, I should say, for the number one receiver in football. And then, let's say around 2017 is when we saw some cracks in his quote-unquote armor. Um, You know, he had had issues with Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. He had issues with the front office of the Steelers. He had issues with Ben Roethlisberger on the Steelers. And he also had some other issues with other wide receivers on the Steelers. And to where he started a series of tirades, outbursts, etc. that led to his departure from the team. After he left Pittsburgh, he signed a very lucrative deal with Oakland. They were still the Oakland Raiders at the time, uh, with John Gruden had just taken the helm over the uh, the job. And uh, we all know John Gruden was just dismissed earlier this year for his racial emails that were uncovered, racially insensitive emails that were uncovered. After he got to the Raiders, he was had a series of grievances, a series of issues that were just... Like it was like the off season from hell with him. He was just doing so many different things, doing so many offensive things. It led to him being kicked off the Oakland Raiders. They were still Oakland before even playing one game for them. After he left the Oakland Raiders, he played one game for the New England Patriots where Brady was still there and shortly released after uh, some text messages leaked about apparently him threatening someone. And then finally he landed in Tampa Bay and last year they won the Super Bowl and he was a he caught a touchdown in that game. So my opinion at the time was, man, I think that he really turned the shit around. You know, it's good to see. I'm happy that he got with a guy like Brady who, you know, stuck up for him and advocated for him to be on the team and even let him live in his house. Like I was like, oh, man, like he really got a a, a good second, third chance this time. And I, I didn't think he was going to do anything else crazy. But also, we have to discuss just what happens when a person with clear mental issues gets triggered. Um, you know, I don't know how to properly even convey this thought. 
because I believe that the Buccaneers side with Ruth Arians and Antonio Brown have some measure of they're both right in some respect. If you believe what Antonio Brown said, I have an ankle injury, I cannot play, or I'm having issues playing because of my ankle, and then the coach comes up to him and says, hey, what are you doing? Why aren't you in the game? And he says, my ankle's busted, I can't play on it, and the coach demands for you to leave, which is what Antonio Brown alleges, you can see how that would be something that you say, well, he isn't necessarily wrong, right? That because then Antonio Brown released a statement saying he was unable to fully play. He already did a lot of sucking it up to try to even get to the stadium. And he realized he just couldn't play the right way because of his ankle. That is what he alleges. He also alleged that it felt a certain way to him because the coach was essentially telling him he was not allowed to feel pain. You could understand that. And there's been a history of professional coaches, college coaches, or coaches on any level forcing players to play when they're unable to. There has been, you know, reports and studies. We've had some players die and on the college ranks for being overworked in practices. You know, it has been a thing that has occurred. That's not something that he just made up. But also, the Buccaneers claim that he was upset that he was not getting enough passes thrown his way. So, and that has been a thing with Antonio Brown in the past. When he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the reasons why he ultimately left the team was he was upset that in 2018, a wide receiver by the name of Juju Smith-Schuster was getting a little bit more receptions than he was on the Steelers. And that was one of the reasons why he wanted to leave the team. He also had an outburst when he was with the Steelers when they played in Jacksonville um, because he was not receiving the, any any receptions. So it's like, who do you believe in this thing? I think that both of them are saying something that's right. I do believe that Antonio Brown was upset that he was not getting a number of passes, but I also believe that maybe his ankle was not um, as healthy as Bruce Arians believed it to be. So what do you do in this case, right? What, what, do, we, what do we say? What is quote-unquote fair? What is the right way to do things, right? Antonio Brown is going to be, for a large part of the population, demonized and no sympathy will be felt for him because of his history of outbursts, his history of run-ins, his long quote-unquote rap sheet, which I will not read because it is a long series of of quote-unquote occurrences and events. He just came back from a suspension because he had a fake vax card. Like, you know, he has had a laundry list of incidents. So public opinion is going to be like, okay, he had an outburst. He ran off the field. It was on national television. Everybody saw it. He's wrong. He should never play football again. Right? That's just how some people are going to look at it. But as someone who has actually paid attention to this story, had nothing better to do. I was in Potton. I believe that he is a half victim in this case. I can't say he's a full victim. He's a half victim. I think that because of his reputation, he was not given maybe as much credence as maybe anybody else would be who hasn't had these occurrences. And also, I think that anything that the Buccaneers would say, if it was a negative thing, people would believe. They would get off scot-free with this. Like, I don't see a, a lawsuit coming. I don't see anything coming because 
most people are just going to write this off as, you know, another diva wide receiver who just couldn't get his way and had another outburst, which unfortunately led to the end of his career. As far as I know, um, I, I don't believe that he will get another chance. But also, this is where the R. Kelly thing comes in. Football is complicit in the bad behavior of certain people, athletes, just as much as any other thing that would contribute to their to their uh, misbehavior. Like, I think that in football, it's been proven that if you are a talented person, if you bring something to an organization, if you have a talent that just cannot be denied, there is a team out there who will give you money. Just be doesn't matter about your past transgressions, doesn't matter about your past history, it doesn't matter about all the things that you have said in the media or didn't say, things that you've done, been arrested, it doesn't matter. If you're talented, there's a spot for you. Uh, I remember Greg Hardy, um, who, who was originally on the Carolina Panthers, was arrested and went on trial for allegedly domestic uh, domestically abusing his significant other threatening her with guns, etc. The next year, he got a he got a, a position with the Dallas Cowboys, and it was for no other reason than he was an amazingly talented NFL pass rusher. So, the reason why Antonio Brown was kicked off the Steelers, got to the Raiders, got a big deal with the Raiders after leaving the Raiders, went to the Patriots, even though it was for one game, and then the Buccaneers was because he is still an amazingly talented football player. But we cannot say it's all his fault, right? If you behave poorly, let's say you're a child, right? You behave poorly and you never get in trouble, right? You know, you go to school, you act up, you know, you antagonize the teachers, you bully the other kids and you never get in trouble. Your parents never punish you. You know, you never get a whooping or, you know, you never just receive any consequences for your actions. You're going to keep doing what you've been doing because you've Nothing's happened to you. Antonio Brown has had issues with his uh, his baby mom. He had an issue where I believe he threw like furniture off a roof. He had a uh, thing where he, um, a, I think he beat up a guy who was a mover. He had a fake vaccine card. He had a chef that leaked that he had a fake vaccine card because he didn't pay him for cooking for him. Like he's just been in the media for negative things over and over and over again, and he continues to have work. So how complicit is the NFL in this? Like the NFL is going to make it seem like he was just a cancer to the team. But aren't they enablers? Like that's what I'm trying to say. With R. Kelly, likening it back to him, again, they're not the same. I'm not trying to say that they are. But, you know, his 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 rap sheet had been for years, you know, the people alleging him his sexual misconduct with people underage people with women abusing them etc and when i was in the eighth grade i still sung the world's greatest at graduation like it was just so many people who turned a blind eye to it who still turn a blind eye to it because of the songs and the music that he has made and so how complicit are we in his misbehavior is the question because when I look at Antonio Brown, I still say, dang, I want him to play. I want him to have an opportunity to keep playing football. But at the same time, football is what has led to him to have all these outbursts and bad behavior incidents, I suppose. 
Um, you know, I don't believe that Bruce Arians is a racist. You know, I, a, a lot of people were pointing to that. Maybe it's racially motivated. I do not believe that Bruce Arians is racist, but I do believe Bruce Arians is a no-nonsense guy. So if if he spoke, maybe and maybe he did use the wrong the wrong phrase of words. If you tell a player, oh, he tells you I can't play, and then you say leave, and he leaves. Well, he just did what you said. You know, you told him to get out of here, get the f out of here, and he got the f out of there. How was he wrong? That's what you told him to do. I think both parties bear a lot of responsibility. I think the NFL also bears responsibility. It's just a matter of, you know, what 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 to be done. You know, I don't think that in any situation Antonio Brown is going to get another cent from the Bucks. I don't even necessarily believe he'll play in the NFL again. But like there is a big emphasis on player safety in the NFL. They have changed helmets. They've changed the place of play. They've changed the rules. They've changed penalties all in the name of player safety. And if a player comes to his coach and says, coach, I cannot play. I'm not healthy enough to play. And then he is subsequently told to be removed and has an outburst. You know, his outburst is wrong. But aren't we trying to protect the players? Back in the day, I know players used to have to be ripped off the field, right? You have to, I'll die on the field is what some players would, their adages were. There were some players like Ronnie Lott who had a finger cut off, amputated in the middle of the game so he could keep playing. Like, but we're not in that time anymore. The NFL has been very proactive into trying making the game more safe. And if a player comes and says, hey, I can't play, I've tried. I can't play. And because the coach doesn't believe him or is he has since he has had a long laundry list of incidents, it's hard to believe. Doesn't that go right in the face of player safety? Like I think both sides are completely wrong here. Even if you don't believe that Antonio Brown is telling you the truth, in the name of player safety, which is one of the biggest NFL sticking points over the last five years, he has to be believed. Whether you believe it was because he didn't get enough passes thrown his way and he was being a diva about it, if he's telling you, I'm not physically able to play, you can't unequivocally refute it and then tell him to leave and then get mad when he does leave. So although I can't say that Antonio Brown is a victim, I can say that he was he was put in a precarious situation and he reacted poorly to it. He was tested and he failed the test. Although some people are going to say he shouldn't get another opportunity and I don't care. There's not that's not the right way to handle it or, you know, talk to Brady about it. Or, you know, if you do leave the sidelines, at least go get treatment. You go go in the blue medical tent. How are you just going to run off the field? You say you got an ankle injury and you ran off the field. All these things are acceptable things to say. But I think that, you know, I think his reputation is what is really going to lead to him never playing football again. And it doesn't help that after he left the, the the team, after they cut him from the team, he was seen at the Brooklyn Nets game front row. He would he was seen uh with hanging out with Kanye West and also he dropped a trash ass single called Pit Not the Palace. I'm not playing none of that shit on here cuz it was absolutely terrible. Football is what he's excellent at. I don't know why everybody want to be a rapper. He cannot rap. 
It was terrible. You can listen to that on your own time if you feel so inclined. I'm not playing that on here. <laughs> it was trash. But yeah, it's just really like a sad situation. A lot of people are claiming that he may have CTE, which is very possible. Um, but, you know, it's just like you could just see the decline from greatness. And it had nothing, nothing had to do with football. Like his decline of greatness wasn't because he suffered some devastating injuries or he just didn't have the same speed he used to have or he was dropping passes or, you know, things like that. Just football related things showing up late to meetings or skipping practice. It was really just because of off the field incidents. And it's like, damn, like we thought that he would do whatever it took to just keep playing football. But. You know, sometimes it's not in the cards for you. Um, I don't know what's next for Antonio Brown. I hope that he does get the help that he needs. Um, I don't know what his issue is. It's probably just like I've been rewarded for my bad behavior all these all these years. How are you going to tell me I can't do this when I've been doing it? I feel like that's the only issue. He may have CTE. I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to say that he does have it. He may have um, emotional issues or, you know, um, quick trigger, you know, bad judgment. He's seen, he's shown to have that, but I can't diagnose him and say, oh, he has CTE. Like, I can't do that. That's not fair to him. That's not my place. But I believe that teams need to be more proactive. If you are going to bring in a player with a checkered past, you can't just say, oh, well, he does something that he did before, so we don't want nothing to do with you. Goodbye. I think that if you take bring them in, that you fully have to uh, have to have some things in place where you are proactive in helping the player and not necessarily just exploiting his talent. That's essentially what I believe has been done. I do not believe Brady's intentions were poor because it, it, it resulted in them lo- winning the Super Bowl and he stuck his neck out for him before when he was still in new england but i think nfl teams on a on a larger scale know that these players have rap sheets design contracts in a way to that they don't have to pay you if you have an incident and if you you know come in perform well it's just like good you know good you got paid so whatever there's no there's no programs in place to try and proactively help these players get them into counseling get them into you know therapy you know, get them in with psychiatrists, sports psychiatrists, and try to resolve these issues. They just want you for what you do on the field. And then whatever you do off the field, we'll just put it in your contract to, if you have one incident or you have one thing, it doesn't matter about your triggers, doesn't matter about your mental health problems, you're gone. Goodbye. We're done with you. And I think that's a bit one-sided. So Antonio Brown's situation just goes to show you like, just like R. Kelly did, You can have as much talent as possible, as much as humanly possible. And Antonio Brown is one of the most talented wide receivers. But there's to a certain extent when the powers that be will continue to accept your bullshit. And that's all it is. I want to see him play football again. And I'm actually part of the problem. If he really does have mental health problems, he should not be playing football, period. Because money, fame and access doesn't change you. It just makes you more of what you really are. So if he is a temperamental guy, an aggressive guy, hyper aggressive, or, you know, just a guy who has just repeatedly shown bad judgment, throwing millions of dollars at him won't make it better. (laughs) So all in all, I just hope that he gets the help that he needs. I hope that we can see him play again in a more healthy, 
and a more mentally clear space. Do I think that is going to happen? No, I think that he's played his last NFL football game, and it is a, a bit of a shame, but um, it just goes to show you that you know people will put up with you. People will turn the blind eye, a blind eye on the things that you do until it gets to a certain point. So it's a just an unfortunate situation all around. And shit, what a fucking way to start 2022. Like, the, that was one thing I did not expect to see. A guy taking off all of his clothes, stripping down naked like Magic Mike, and running off the damn football field. I never think I see nothing like that in my life. But that goes to show you that the world is unpredictable, and people will do some wild shit, whether you are expecting it or not. But prayers up to Antonio Brown. I will say that. I have to say that. Prayers up to our black brother. I hope that he can get the help that he needs. I hope that he can find a way to make it back into the NFL. And if he cannot, I hope that he really speak, like looks in the mirror and say, if I don't get my life together, I'm going to end up dying. Or I'm going to end up just really fucked up. So prayers up for the brother. A crazy-ass situation. And let's just hope it all works out for his life benefit for the best not just for his future prospects of playing football and that's all i got on antonio brown and so moving right along you guys can follow me and hit me up on instagram and twitter at rogers neighborhood instagram is r-o-d-g-e-r-s-n-e-i-g-h B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm repeating this for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me. And you guys never let me down. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. I appreciate all the engagement. And without further ado, let's answer our first set of questions for 2022. The first question I have here says, what has taken you the longest to get good at or to get decent at? Um, I'm going to easily say that that is podcasting. Some weeks, I still think that I'm absolutely trash at this. I still think that I'm not good. You know, I guess I'm my toughest critic. Um, some weeks, I really be having like low confidence, like, damn, this is trash. Like, I'm listening to this. I'm like, I hate this. I'm not good. At, I'm not at the level that I want to be at yet. Um, but other weeks, like I feel really confident, like I'll do a show or I'll have a guest and we'll have a great conversation. I feel extremely confident. So I, I just think like podcasting as a whole, like I still don't feel like I have my sea legs yet. I still don't feel like, you know, like I could tread water. I could do the doggy paddle, but I can't swim in a deep end, you know, if that makes sense. Like I, I'm, I, I've made progress. I'm proud of the progress, but sometimes I still feel like I can't get in there with the big boys yet. And that's all to come with more time and experience. But if I'm just being honest, like it's still, I still feel like there's so much more for me to do in this lane or with the show or just in the manner of how the show is done that, um, I still have to say there's so much more room for improvement on podcasting. So thank you for the question. I appreciate it. The next question I have here today says, what was the funniest thing that you've recently seen online? Okay. Okay. So I don't know how this happened, but there was like on Twitter, 
a bunch of videos showing Elmo being unhinged. Elmo, a character from Sesame Street, just like being unhinged or saying wild shit or just having an attitude. So there was a series of videos being posted about Elmo versus Rocco, which was another character on Sesame Street's Pet Rock. And fam, this shit was so funny. I watched it and I laughed so much. So I'm definitely going to play it for you. But my favorite thing on the internet right now, the funniest thing that I'm watching is Unhinged Elmo. If you guys know more clips of Elmo acting crazy, please post them. Because this shit is absolutely fucking hilarious. And I have to play it for you. So this is Elmo, Unhinged. <laughs> and this is the funniest shit on the internet right now. What do you say I treat you two to a snack? That is the funniest shit on the internet right now. There's so many more videos, but like that's they're just finding random ass clips of Elmo just saying wild shit. Like that's the funniest shit on the internet right now. It's absolutely hilarious. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Twitter, man. Twitter could make anything funny. I swear, like Twitter really can just make anything funny. So that that's the funniest thing I've seen right now. I'm sure there's a bunch of be a there's about to be a whole bunch of other shit. That's mad funny, but as of right now, Elmo take the cake. Elmo takes the cake. And the last question that I have today from you guys, the listener says, what subjects should be taught in school but are not? Well, in order to stop this from being a three-hour podcast of everything that's wrong with the public school system or the educational system in general, which I have a lot of thoughts on, I'm just going to keep it simple and say, in school, instead of all the bullshit math that you learn, like parabola and Pythagorean theorem and, uh, uh, you know, things like that, the diameter of a circle and, you know, all that bullshit that you learn, you should just learn shit like about life. Like things in school should teach you about life. School should prepare you for life. So you should learn about taxes in high school. You should learn about how to balance a checkbook. You should learn about, you know, um, 401k and what that means. And, you know, you should learn about things like that. You should learn about credit and credit reports and credit scores and how things are calculated. You should learn about mortgages and, you know, things like that. Like that is if you're going to teach kids math, you should teach math that you're really going to use in your life. You know, a lot of kids don't like math because, you know, one, it's hard. Math is never was never my best subject. And two, it's like, 
who cares about what the fucking hypotenuse of a triangle is? Who cares? Like, seriously. Like, seriously. Who cares about that? Or why you have to do calculus? Like, why do I have to learn about this? You know? So, I just think, like, if if schools took more of an approach to teach kids and prepare them for what they're going to experience in life and how math can help them or the things that they should know as it relates to accounts and real life shit, that is what should be pushed in the curriculum, not like stupid ass things like improper fractions or, you know, things that you're really just not going to use. Like, when's the last time you used some of those math skills that you learned? Like, you know, solving for X or something or improper fractions, if you're not working in a field where that's needed. You know, if you're a regular guy and you work at, you know, uh, the post office, you're not going to really need to learn about or need to know about the diameter or the radius of a circle. You're just not going to know that. That has nothing to do with your daily life. So I just think if schools took more of an approach to teach kids about real life shit and like shit that's actually going to help them when they graduate from high school or from college, it would be better. It would be better off. I, I just think that's a thing that's a simple fix you know, for schools. Stop teaching kids about stupid ass shit like hypotenuses. Who the fuck cares about a hypotenuse? When's the last time you've been like, damn, I really wish I knew what the hypotenuse of this triangle was? Seriously. When when was the last time that that occurred? Like, damn, you was really in a bind and you said, man, if I only remembered A squared plus B squared equals C squared. When is the last time that that's ever happened to any one of you guys listening? If you're not like working in a field where you need to know that, like architecture or physics or physics or anything like that, when it was the last time that you needed to know that. So I just think like that's something that's quick, like a quick fix that we could do and really help these kids who are in school. And that's all I got on that. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for the questions. I really appreciate you guys. I really appreciate all the love and support that you guys have shown me answering and sending in all these questions. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to answering more and more and more and more of you guys' questions. Thank you guys so, so much for all the love and support. Next on the docket, we need to talk about another crazy 2022 story. Again, at the time of this recording, we've only been two weeks into the new year, 2022. This story I'm going to read you is 100% real. This is not a fake story. I'm going to read you this article. This article is from Barstool. The headline reads, Drake is for some reason being shamed and sued for putting hot sauce in his used condoms. <laughs> just when you think you heard it all. Just just when you think you heard it all, you hear some shit like this. I'm going to read the rest of the shit to you. An Instagram model is making some pretty crazy claims about hip-hop superstar Drake. And the model claims that Drake has a bizarre way of stopping women from stealing his sperm. Drake and the IG model allegedly met up on Instagram, and the two decided to link up a few weeks ago. The model and Drake had a romantic encounter, and what happened next was, well, crazy. After a party, they went back to his hotel. They smoked weed for a bit, and she wanted to have, and he asked if she wanted to have sex. She said he was very intent on ensuring things were consensual. They started with a bit of foreplay, then he went to the bathroom and came out with a condom on. <laughs> she says, quote, they fucked for about 20 minutes and he mostly hit it from the back and eventually came inside the condom. 
Immediately after, he went into the bathroom to dispose it. According to a report, the, quote, Thotty tried to scam Drake out of his seed. She immediately went to the bathroom to retrieve the condom and get a hold of Drake's sperm, possibly to impregnate herself. But Drake allegedly booby-trapped the condom. She fished the condom out of the trash, untied it, and put the opening end into her vagina. Boy, was she in for a surprise. (laughs) This is crazy. She said it felt like she was pouring hot lava into herself. She screamed and and Drake ran into the bathroom. He admitted that he poured a pocket of hot sauce into the condom to kill the sperm. Now the model is threatening to sue Drake. The woman posted pictures of her burned pussy cat. <laughs> the woman posted pictures of a burned pussy cat on Twitter, and those pictures are going viral. Fam, that's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Like, just I don't you don't even think about you're gonna wake up one day and read something like that. <laughs> That's fucking nuts, bro. That's nuts. And now look. Now look. I know I know what you're thinking. And yes, I'm going to defend our good brother Drake here. I think that that was 100% smart. Because if he didn't put hot sauce in that condom, she would have tried to get him for a baby. So you got to do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? He, as it said in the article, he was very intent on making sure the sense was consensual because you know how it goes. We already discussed R. Kelly previously. We don't want no more of those situations. And I don't even know what to say, to be honest. Like, it's just crazy. But still, after you finish, you, you use protection. After I finish, you know what I'm saying? I got a little, I got to hook it up with the Tabasco. You know, I got to hook it up with the Red Devil. You know what I mean? Just because. You never know what these shorties finna do. But that that is absolutely nuts, bro. Like, I cannot believe I read that when I read it. I was like, nigga, what? What is what is happening in 2022? Like, Elmo is out here wilding. We got football players running off the field. We got dudes putting hot sauce in their condoms. Like, what is next for the year? If this is how the year is starting... Like, I can only imagine what's next for the year 2022. I never thought I would ever read something like that. A chick burned herself by trying to put in a used condom into herself. And it was filled with hot, it was filled with hot sauce. If he put hot sauce in the condom, how are you not able to see that something in it is red? That That's what I don't get. Like, it's okay to... You know what I'm saying? You got to get this money out here. Niggas been getting money, but with by nefarious means. You know what I'm saying? Babies is turned into a business. Unfortunately, you even hate to say it like that. But if you're trying to scam like that, and you're trying to get money from this superstar by impregnating yourself, which is something I'm sure people have done before, and you pick up the condom that he used, how do you not see that it's red before you put it in? Because if I pick up a condom and it's red inside, I would think, damn, these niggas was bleeding. I don't want that nowhere near me. And you still put it in your... And, and then you burn yourself. It's just... You don't think that you read, could read some of the things. You don't think people could do what they do. Like, but... Like, the truth is stranger than fiction, yo. That shit is absolutely crazy. That might go down. I, I just did my yearly awards for 2021. 
that I have to find a category and put that in for 2022. Either Drake is just the I give him award for smartest man on the planet, or give this girl an award for stupidest scammer, you know, of the year or something. I don't know, but that shit was absolutely wild. Shout out to Drake. <laughs> Shout out to Drake for doing whatever it takes to get your shit off and not get burned for it, because. You never think that you would read something like that. I don't even know hot sauce kills sperm. Who knew that? Like, maybe I shouldn't be eating hot sauce as much as I am, as much as I do. Because I don't want it to, you know what I'm saying, kill the boys. I don't want it to kill the fleet. But that is fucking crazy, man. Shout out to Drake for doing whatever you got to do to protect your sir, to protect your money, protect your pockets. <laughs> but that shit is absolutely wild. I never thought I would hear anything like that in my life. That's fucking crazy. So shout out to Drake for doing what you got to do to protect yourself in this mad, mad world out here. Shout out to the smart brother that is Drizzy Drake. If you don't got no sauce, then you're lost. Mm -hmm. But you also get lost in the sauce. You can get lost. How you get lost in the sauce? Man, a bitch, man, a bitch gonna get lost in the sauce, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, man. I'm, not, I'm sprinkling sauce, dropping sauce yeah. every street, man. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? I, I dig it. Man. Overdose of sauce. <laughs> That's what it is. No, no, no meat, just sauce. Are you, are, when you're born, can you be born with sauce, or do you, or do you acquire no, sauce? No, you can't born with you, sauce. You get, you get sauce, you get sauce from. How you gonna be born with seasoning? Mm -hmm. You gotta get seasoned. I wasn't born without the sauce. Hell yeah. I had to acquire this sauce. Drake. <laughs> Drake. Next on the docket, we do have a serious story that we need to get to, um, and it happened right here in my hometown of the Bronx. Um, Last week, there was a terrible, terrible fire um, in a high-rise that killed 19 people, including nine children. Uh, I'm going to talk about it a little bit, just read you some information on it. And then I have some resources um, that you guys can look up if you were affected by this fire, if you know anyone who was affected by this, um, just so you know they can get aid and help um, getting their lives back to normal if they were <clears throat> lucky to have survived this tragic occurrence. Um, this article is from CBS. The headline reads, Faulty electric heater caused fire in a Bronx apartment building that killed 19, including nine children. More than 60 people were hurt in a blaze at 333 East 181st Street in the Fordham Heights section of the Bronx. FDNY Commissioner Daniel Negro said a malfunctioning electric space heater appeared to be the cause. The fire started in an apartment on the second and third floors. While the fire did not spread past the apartment and nearby hallway, the apartment door was left open when people ran out. The smoke spread throughout the building, thus the tremendous loss of life and other people fighting for their lives at hospitals throughout the Bronx, Negro said. This is a horrific, horrific, painful moment for the city of New York, Mayor Eric Adams added. The impact of this fire is really going to bring a level of pain and despair in our city. The numbers are horrific. Adams said the tragedy is being felt by the, quote, men and women that live here, not only in the Bronx, but throughout this city. This is going to be one of the worst fires that we have had witnessed during modern, time, during modern times here in the city of New York. The last time we had a loss of life, maybe this horrific, was the Happy Land Fire, which was over 30 years ago, also here in the Bronx, Negro said. 
According to officials, 200 firefighters responded to the fire started on the second and third floor around 11 a.m. Some ran out of oxygen in their tanks as they tried to make it to the 19th floor. 32 people were transported to five hospitals with the majority of victims suffering severe smoke inhalation. The smoke extended the entire extended the entire height of the building. Completely unusual, Negro said. Members found victims on every floor in the building, in the stairwells also, and were taking them out in cardiac and respiratory arrest. We're going to we're going to do everything we can to bring services on the ground here to give the people the assistance that they need, as well as recover from the trauma that we are witnessing in the buildings behind us. Eric Adams added, this is just one of the worst things I've read, man. It was just such a shame, such a tragedy. So many people lost their lives. And, you know, um, it's not the time to place blame. I've seen some negative, nasty things on the Internet about how. You know, it's the people's fault who had to left the space heater on. We shouldn't be blaming the victims here. Like, you have to ask yourself, why did they feel the need to have several space heaters on in an apartment that they pay rent and utilities? That's the real question. Why is the building not providing a requisite a level of heat that is livable in when you pay rent, you pay Con Edison, and you pay other utilities to live in apartments in New York City? I'm not interested in blaming any person, any victim here. There's there's nothing but victims here. There's no one to blame. And um, it's just a really sad, sad situation that, you know, the new year just started. We have so many things that we are trying to work past. And this is just a really horrible thing. Really sad. Um, it's just it's just really a really poor way to start the new year with so much death so quickly. Um, and I just want to say rest in peace and prayers, love and condolences to all the people who have perished in this horrible accident and also the loved ones of the people who have perished. Um, we doing nothing but praying for you, um, because this is just a, such a sad situation. Um, there is an, uh, uh, there was an, a, a accompanying article on CBS, uh, about places that you can go to provide aid or if you were impacted by this fire. Um, this is also from CBS. Um, city officials and community leaders are working to provide shelter and other services to the displaced residents. Organizer stress services are available regardless of immigration status. If you were impacted, there is a city-run center that will be open from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Monroe College's Ooston Hall on Jerome Avenue. The Red Cross has also set up an emergency center at the Tapico School on Folan Street. To report a missing person, you can call 311 or you can call 212-639-9675. The city has also ha the city also has information about mental health services, burial assistance, pet care and more. If you would like to help those impacted, officials say financial donations are preferred because of the pandemic. The mayor's office has established a fund where you can donate. Bronx officials are collecting donations at the following locations. Monroe College's Ooston Hall from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. At State Senator Gusto Rivera's office at 2432 Grand Concourse. From 11 p.m. from 11 a.m. I'm sorry to 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday, 
Assemblymember Udelka Tapia's office at 2175C Jerome Avenue from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday and Wednesday. While at 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. you can visit Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And also Councilmember Oswald Felice's office at 573 East Fordham Road from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Thursday. The Gambian Youth Organization is also collecting donations for local families at 214 East 181st Street. In addition to the Salvation Army of New York's division setting up the Bronx Fire Relief Fund, encouraging the community to support the families impacted by the fire. To contribute to the Salvation Army's fund, you can simply text the word Bronx Fire to 41444 for a link to make a donation. Um, that's just a little bit of information. Also, I know, shout out to the Bronx Collab. Uh, I had the, the pleasure of speaking to a member from the Bronx Collab on my show. If you visit their location at 3866 White Plains Road, they are accepting donations um, that they will help, uh, that they will send to provide aid for also uh, people who were displaced in the fire. Also, uh, money is uh, welcome as well. Um, it's just a really sad thing um, to hear and to talk about. But I'm so proud of the Bronx. I'm so proud of the people here who are just dropping everything to provide help and aid to the people who are affected by this tragedy. The Bronx sticks up for each other. The Bronx loves each other. No matter what you read and see in social media or what you know you see in mainstream media, the Bronx will take care of its own. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of the work that people have put in um, to try and spread the word, spread messages and aid people who have gone through this terrible, terrible tragedy. Um, again, rest in peace to all the victims of this tragedy and prayers, love and condolences to their families, friends and loved ones. Um, it's just a real sad thing. But I am proud to see my Bronx brothers and sisters rising up and helping out um, when other members of the community go through hardships like this. So I encourage you guys to help if you can. And um, also, there are a number of ways that you can contribute something to help the people who have gone through this tragedy. So that's all I got on it. It's really a real sad situation, but hopefully the Bronx can pick up the pieces and we can help the people who are still living who have been affected by this tragedy and that's all i got and last on the docket let us do our nfl predictions so it is super wild card weekend um it is the first round of the nfl playoffs and it's starting on saturday with two games there are i believe three games on sunday and there is a monday night football playoff game which is the first time ever that the playoffs have been held on a Monday night, um, barring you know any weather or um, significant world event that would stop the game. So we're gonna predict all the games for Super Wide Card Weekend, and let's see how we do on these predictions. First, I have to say, big up to my Pittsburgh Steelers for making the freaking playoffs. They needed a lot of help for them to make it. Shout out to the Indianapolis Colts for laying an absolute egg against the jacksonville jaguars and shout out to the las vegas raiders for beating the la chargers to make way for our steelers to get into the playoffs it is going to be my guy big ben roethlisberger's last nfl season 
and what a great way to go out. They won their last two games and they had to win them against Cleveland and against Baltimore. And with a little bit of luck, they got into the playoffs. I'm so happy my guy at least gets to go out playing postseason football. I'm very happy about that. And without any further ado, let us start predicting these games. First game is on Saturday. It is the Las Vegas Raiders against the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe that the Cincinnati Bengals will win this game. I love what I'm seeing from Joe Burrow. Um, he is getting some steam for MVP because the Bengals have had a great season and he has played extremely well in only his second pro season coming off an ACL injury. He looks really good. He looks like the future. Um, I just don't think that the Raiders have enough on defense to keep up with how many points potentially the Bengals will score. We need to give Derek Carr, the quarterback of the Raiders, a lot of love. The Raiders have been through a lot of things this season, starting with John Gruden being fired for his racially insensitive emails. Secondly, with Henry Ruggs and that tragedy, him uh, uh, driving under the influence and getting into a deadly car crash. And I believe there was one other thing that happened with another player on the team. But yet the Raiders still were winning games. Derek Carr was showing extreme leadership. I'm very proud of what he did in with all of that he had to deal with this season. I hope he gets a contract extension because he is a valuable player to the Raiders. But I do think that the Bengals will win this game. Next game on Saturday is the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. Now. This game is predicted to have terrible weather. It's supposed to be like zero degrees with the wind chill making it feel like it's worse. The Patriots have won a game in Buffalo with extreme weather where all they did was run the ball. Matt Jones, the quarterback of the Patriots, threw the ball three times in a professional NFL game and the Patriots still won the game. I do not think that this will be the case this time. I think that Buffalo is a really good team on offense and defense. And they need to win this game. If the New England Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills, that is a terrible, terrible loss. I think that Buffalo will win this game. They need to win this game for credibility standpoint. And they need to beat the Patriots because they're not as good as them. So I'm taking Buffalo to win this game. The game's on Sunday. Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Regardless of everything that's happened with Antonio Brown, you don't bet against Brady, especially in the first round of the playoffs. Philadelphia did have a season that no one expected. I think that their Cinderella story ends here. Next game on Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm going to take the upset in this. I like San Francisco coming into Dallas and winning this game. The number one reason is Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. Their defense is rounding into shape, and they run the football so well. With Elijah Mitchell, I believe they have Jermichael Hasty. I don't know if Raheem Mostert is healthy, but they have him as well. And Debo Samuel. They will run the ball down your freaking throat. They have a great pass rush in the front four. And I think that all the pressure is on Dallas to win. If Dallas loses, it's going to be a... Uh, uh, hell to pay with the media with the you know everything that goes on because you know Dallas is just a marquee brand if they have and they have so much to lose I think that San Francisco is going to play free and loose with house money and I think that San Francisco is going to win this game I believe that San Francisco will win this game next game and the last game on Sunday 
is the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, three weeks ago, the Steelers did play against the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium where they are playing this game this week. And they were embarrassed 36-10. to 10. Now, my heart is telling me to go with the Steelers because you know I love my Steelers. I love Big Ben. This would be an amazing David versus Goliath victory. And I... My head is saying, you out of your goddamn mind if you think that your Steelers who snuck into the playoffs are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But in true Steeler fan fashion, we're going for the upset. Pittsburgh Steelers to win against the Kansas City Chiefs. You heard it here first. I don't want to hear nothing on Monday when the Steelers have emerged victorious. The, no one believes in you. No one thinks you can do it. No one thinks that it's going to happen for you, and we're going to prove everybody wrong because we are about winning up in Pittsburgh. I got my guys, Pittsburgh, to win against Kansas City. This will be the biggest upset in NFL playoff history. I don't care what nobody has to say, and I'm taking my team to win. You better freaking believe it. Pittsburgh Steelers to win on Sunday night. The Monday night football playoff game is the Arizona Cardinals and the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams have are just like Dallas. They have so much pressure on them to win. They traded Jared Goff and some picks for Matthew Stafford. They traded some more picks for Odell Beckham. Oh, no, they claimed Odell off of waivers, but they still he's a big swing. And they also made a big trade for Von Miller um, to come from Denver to L.A. All of the pressure is on the Rams to win this game. This is a tough, tough, tough matchup for the LA Rams with the Arizona Cardinals coming into town. Kyler Murray, although that DeAndre Hopkins is not healthy, Kyler Murray is a special, special quarterback. And their defense is pretty damn good. But I will take the LA Rams to win this game. This is going to be a very close game. I can see this being 28-27 or 34-31, just a really close game. Um, but I will take, I will take the LA Rams to win this game. I, I think that, um, they will do enough to win. It may be ugly. It may not be the prettiest game, but, um, I, I do think that, that, uh, that LA will win this game. I, I think they kind of have to, like, they don't really have a choice. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really don't think they have a choice in order, you know, if they lose this game, like. Sean McVay is going to be, you know, he's going to have egg on his face again. The front office is going to have egg on their face. And they have no draft capital for the next, like, five, six, seven years. So they really do need to win um, to justify um, all the things that they have done this season. So those are my predictions for the games. Also, let's do uh, the NFL awards. I'm going to predict those. Um, MVP, I believe Aaron Rodgers should win. Although Brady is a good option and Joe Burrow, but it will be either Aaron Rodgers, Brady, or Burrow. I will take Rodgers. Coach of the year, I'll give it to Mike Vrabel from the Tennessee Titans. They lost Derrick Henry halfway through the season. They still got the number one seed in the playoffs. Comeback player of the year? Um, I can't say who that would be off the top of my head. I don't know. Maybe Joe Burrow. He had a, a ACL tear. And ended his season very early last season. He came back and now they're in the playoffs. Maybe it'll be him. Offensive player of the year, I'll give it to Cooper Cup. 
He was the receiving triple crown winner. He had the most receptions, the most yards, and the most touchdowns by any wide receiver this year in the league. I'm glad he did not break Calvin Johnson's record. I will say that. I'm glad he didn't break the record, but he, he is deserving of this award. Defensive player of the year. I can see my guy TJ Watt, Pittsburgh Steelers love winning the award. They did my boy dirty. We thought he got the sack record, which he should have gotten in the last game of the season against Baltimore. But they said that one of his sacks was not valid. They took it away. So he finished the season with 21 and a half sacks instead of 22 and a half sacks, which is fucked up. The very least they could do is give my guy the award for defensive player of the year. But also Micah Parsons. I would not be surprised if he wins it. I would not be surprised. Michael Parsons has been balling all season. He was a really great pick by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, offensive rookie of the year, I will give that to uh, Jamar Chase from the Cincinnati Bengals. He had a great season. I think he is the clear-cut winner. Um, the defensive rookie of the year, uh, Michael Parsons. It got to be Michael Parsons. It can't be anybody else. And the Walter Payton man of the year, I don't know. When in doubt, Russell Wilson. He's just a great guy. So that's those are my predictions. <laughs> those are my predictions for the NFL first round of games and the NFL awards that are given out at the end of the season. And let us see how we do with our NFL picks this week. Let's have a great first week of the playoffs. And let's go Steelers. You got to say that. Let's go Steelers. Very, very, very last on the, on the docket today. Um, I do want to make sure I say rest in peace. We did lose a lot of people from when I last recorded to now. Um, we lost some heavyweights in the entertainment world and in sports world. I want to start by saying rest in peace to Bob Saget, most known for being the father on Full House, the host of uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, and also a stand-up comedian. He passed away um, over last week in his hotel room. Causes are still unknown. Rest in peace to Bob Saget. Rest in peace to Betty White, who passed away, I believe, on New Year's Eve, it was, that she passed. Um, rest in peace to her. She was 99 years old, a television and comedy icon, known for the Golden Girls and Made It Hot in Cleveland and all her other numerous television and movie appearances. Uh, Betty White is one of the people who you ha never hear anyone say a bad word about. I think she was just the sweetest little old lady and a great, great actress, uh, a hilarious comedian and a... Uh, a tragic loss with her. I would like to say rest in peace to Sidney Poitier. Um, he also passed away last week. Um, the first black person to win an Oscar in any category. A pioneer in, in, in black filmmaking and black acting, black storytelling. Um, a true, true loss. One of, the one of the most legendary people to ever live, especially in the black community. And finally, rest in peace to John Madden. A legendary NFL coach for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, uh, a Hall of Fame broadcaster, a Hall of Fame coach, one of the guys who made football easy to understand. When I first started watching football, I was 10. I didn't understand football at all. And literally by watching his broadcasts on television and by playing his video game, Madden, it's like how I learned about football, like how I really learned football. And um, it was a, a, another... Another guy you can't say a bad word about. He loved the game. He loved being interactive with fans. He loved teaching the game. He was a great dude. And it's a sad, sad, sad loss. A big loss for all the people who, all these prominent people who have lost. And I just want to make sure I acknowledge them before the show ended. So rest in peace again to Sidney Poitier. 
John Madden, Betty White, and Bob Saget, Gone But Not Forgotten. Um, prayers, love, and condolences to your family, friends, and loved ones for all your losses. And, um, you know, it happens. You know, death is a part of life. But when these, when we lose people who have been in our lives for so long, like, it's just surreal. Like, you don't even think it's real. Like, Madden, I've been playing Madden since 2005, since 2004. Like, that's just been such a big part of my life. You know, and he had the presence of mind to put his name on that video game or just be such a, a teacher of the game that, you know, even little kids could understand the complex game of football. Betty White bringing laughs to all of us, Bob Saget as well, and Sidney Poitier breaking barriers. Um, it's just a real tragedy, all four of these losses, and I just want to say rest in peace. So um, we're praying for your families and friends and loved ones, and um, but you guys are gone and not forgotten for sure. So just wanted to do my due diligence on that and say the kind words about these people. So rest in peace to all the people who we have recently lost. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 86 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. Uh, again, rest in peace to all the victims of the tragedy in the Bronx, the Bronx fire. Please uh, use the resources I provided or, you know, you can look it up on your own to find resources to provide aid if you can. I understand everyone's financial situations are different. If you can, it would be greatly appreciated if you can donate to this cause to help these people. Um, also, I want to say Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a happy, safe, healthy New Year. I'm so excited for 2022 and everything that it could bring. I'm very optimistic on what this year is going to be. And um, I'm just glad to be back potting and talking to you guys again. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias podcast merchandise available for purchase. You could visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. I'm an independent potter from the BXMY, so all the support on the merch will be greatly, greatly appreciated. And I sincerely appreciate every single person who has gone on and purchased merchandise from me. It's going to be a great year. I'm so excited for everything that's to come. I think I got such high hopes and big goals for 2022. And I'm glad that you guys are tuning in and sticking with me. You guys have been hanging out for a year. Almost going to be two years coming up. Almost going to be two years coming up. So I appreciate all you guys tuning in and listening. And I'm going to fade you out with a great, great, great song by one of my favorite R&B artists. And it is called Bloody Waters by her off of the album Back of My Mind. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 86. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there and be safe. And I'll speak to you guys next week. And we are out. Yeah.
Stand, you decide. Destiny doesn't roll the dice. 